Welcome back for another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera. We have a couple of pretty important ball games that will take place on Friday, so let's start with Ragsdale at Grimsley. This pretty much for the Metro 4A title. Yeah, it's a little bit interesting in that in some ways this game, I think, is more important for Ragsdale than it is for Grimsley. If, if Grimsley were to lose and beat Page next week, then you know they, they still would be... No worse than a three-way tie for first place in the conference. For Ragsdale, this is the third year in a row that Johnny Boykins had his team in the last week or next to last week of the season with a chance to win the conference. If they beat uh, Grimsley, and they will win the conference because the only game they have left is High Point Central. The Bison are really struggling. There, there's no way at this point in the season with all the injuries that they've had and other issues that they're going to beat Ragsdale in that finale. So, you know, this game really is it for Ragsdale. Grimsley, if they win this game, you know the worst they could do is a tie for the conference title, but they still have that big game with Page next week at Marion Kirby Stadium. Ragsdale's been playing good football. Alston Hooker, Hendon Hooker's younger brother, has kind of settled into the role at quarterback. Devin Boykin obviously does a lot of things for uh, the Tigers on both sides of the football as, and as a kick returner. And Ragsdale's just settled in and played better football down the stretch, especially now that they've gotten into the Metro Conference. Grimsley uh, is our clear number one team. Uh, they have been in our poll for the last few weeks, not, not to diminish uh, Reedsville at number two, but Grimsley with the schedule that they've played, the one loss, a one-pointer at home against East Forsyth, the game that they could have won a blocked extra point, and then uh, after recovering an onside kick at East Forsyth's 35, they just couldn't get anything going offensively or they could have gotten into field goal range or scored a touchdown and won that one. The Whirlies are, like I said, clearly to me, the best team in our area. I think you probably agree with that, but I'll, I'll let you uh, talk about that if you want to. Yeah, uh, of all the teams I've seen, they're, they're by far the best, and um, I don't see them losing over the next two, mm-hmm. but crazier things have happened, so mm-hmm. I won't say it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But Ragsdale has a tall task ahead of them on senior night over at uh, over at Jamison Stadium. That, that's that's going to be tough. Yeah, and, and revisiting the Grimsley-Reedsville comparison a little bit, to me, the difference between the two teams is this is not the best defense that Reedsville's had in a few years. You know, that big game that they had with East Surrey where they give up 55 points, and that that's atypical of a Reedsville team. I think Grimsley's defense is better. Reedsville's offense may, may be a little more explosive than Grimsley, but if I were to put the two teams together head-to-head, I think Grimsley's defense would be the difference in the game. That's why I like them a little bit more, but two very good football teams. Next up, Dudley at Southwest Guilford. Uh, this game has been pretty interesting over the last few years. Uh, Dudley got upset over at Southwest Guilford a, a couple years back. That's right. Uh, these two teams tend to play each other close. Yeah, and this is a huge game for both teams. Dudley needs to win this. They've got home game, or they have to go to Western Guilford to finish the regular season next week. That's probably a W for the Panthers, I would think. Southwest Guilford, it's kind of all out there for them to play for. They do have a loss to Parkland, but if they beat Dudley at home this week, and then they've got a regular season finale at home again against Mount Tabor, they could they would win the conference. They would wrap that up. So uh, this game means a lot more, I think, in a way to. Uh, 
Well, not a lot more. Means a lot to both teams. Dudley needs this one, and they're going to need help. They're going to need Mount Tabor to beat Parkland if they want to uh, win the conference. Southwest Guilford has their fate in their own hands. I mean, if they win this game and they win against Mount Tabor, they are the Piedmont Triad 3A Conference champions. It's been a four-way battle in that conference since this uh, alignment took effect three years ago. It's the same teams every year. It's kind of kind of expected now, but it's still a very interesting round robin between these teams. Dudley got off to a slow start last week against Parkland, down 12-7 in the second quarter. Uh, closed the game on a 49-0 run, win 56-12. A big key to that was they knocked both Parkland quarterbacks, Kami and Shell, who's obviously very good, and the backup out of the game to the point where Chase Rory, the outstanding receiver for Parkland, was playing a Wildcat quarterback for stretches toward the end of the game. Once that happened, Dudley pulled away. But there, there's still some issues with, with mistakes, uh, penalties, other things that Dudley really wants to try to clean up before the playoffs. But they should be rolling into the playoffs if they win this game with a lot of momentum. And if things just click for them, they could be capable of a very, very deep playoff run because there is an awful lot of talent there. Southwest Guilford, basically since Jaden Rogers settled in as the quarterback for most of the reps for them, he's been pretty steady. It's a little bit like the way Alston Hooker's kind of taking command at Ragsdale. Since Jaden Rogers has taken over, they've been able to find ways to use some pretty good receivers on that team. They've played good defense all year in uh, Chuck Doak's first year as a head coach. You know, This would be a huge win for Southwest in terms of making a statement that even with the coaching change this year, even with some graduation losses, they're going to be a factor. And a win would set them up to be basically playing Mount Tabor for the conference championship. That's another team that could help Dudley out. If Dudley were to win this game, uh, Tabor beat Parkland this week, and Southwest Guilford beat Tabor, Dudley wins the conference outright. So uh, a lot still going on in the Piedmont Triad 3A with two weeks to go in the season. That's kind of the way you want it as a fan. Maybe not for those coaches because there's no breathers, there's no real let-up, and everything is still on the line. But uh, it should be a very interesting game over at the ranch. Uh, two games in the mid-Piedmont 3A that we want to talk about. Williams at Southeast Guilford. Not the sexiest matchup, uh, but Southeast Guilford in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, and Williams, got to, as they have the last few years, kind of got off to a promising start and have faltered a little bit. The Bulldogs are uh, a little a little bit struggling lately. Southeast, this is basically a victory lap for the Falcons. Uh, they should handle Williams pretty easily. Southeast has been running the ball really, really well, playing excellent defense lately. And after this game, all Southeast has left is a trip to Southwestern Randolph, one of kind of the bottom dwellers in the uh, mid-Piedmont 3A. So this is this is basically the last challenge Southeast is really going to have before the playoffs. And this is a Southeast team that was 2-3. and three. They had a tough schedule early in the year, uh, losses to uh, Scotland County, Grimsley and Dudley, three very, very, very good football teams. And I think I and some other people probably at that point not necessarily wrote them off but thought, well, this isn't isn't going to be a particularly good Southeast Guilford team. No, it was who they were playing, and they found their identity running the ball with Jalen Fairley, Darren McQuitty. Uh, the defense has been there all year. This is a good football team, and Southeast should be rolling into the playoffs probably at 8-3 and as a conference champion. 
Uh, Southern Alamance will see Southern Guilford, a team that has uh, uh, kind of taken a, a, a position in the poll that I don't think a lot of people at the beginning of the season saw them being there. Yeah, uh, Jason Bradley's uh, kind of gotten his program established now. These are pretty much all his kids now for the Storm. They have gotten better as the season's gone on. Uh, sitting at 2-2 two and two in the conference. If they were to beat Southern Alamance and then they'd finish at home against Eastern Guilford, they have a shot at finishing second in the conference behind Southeast, which would be a huge step forward for their program. But these are two tough games that they've got left, starting with Southern Alamance. Uh, for anyone who doesn't already know, Fritz Hessenthaler, the former Southeast coach, has gone down there, uh, went down there last year, taken over that Patriots program. Had a very good year last year. He's having a very good year again this year, despite a lot of graduation losses. Uh, that is a, a good a good fit for him program-wise, a good fit for him and his family geographically. He doesn't live that far away uh, from Southern Alamance. Didn't have to move. Southern Alamance wins this game. They're going to finish second in the conference, and they're going to have a pretty strong seed for the uh, 3A playoffs. So this is a big game for them. But Southern Guilford, uh, Miles Crisp, the quarterback, is, is the key to most of what they do on offense. They've got a lot of speed and athleticism on defense. And you know, if they were to win this game, they could definitely have a very strong finish. And a lot of young guys still on that team, a lot of juniors, would set them up for a pretty good season next year. Also worth mentioning, High Point Christian uh, has a playoff game. Yes, uh, NCISAA starts this week. Uh, the Cougars are competing in Division Two this year. The way things work in... The private schools association is at the end of the regular season. They decide whether you're in Division One, Division Two, or Division Three for the playoffs. Division One tending to be the bigger schools, uh, the Charlotte schools, Raleigh, Ravenscroft, people of that that size in terms of enrollment. Division Two, there's some really good football teams in there, but they tend to be smaller enrollment. High Point Christian uh, struggling a little bit at the end of the season, seven and three. They're banged up. That's been the problem that they've had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball, quarterback Luke Hommel being one of the big ones. You know, they've been kind of battered and beat up, but the playoffs are a second season for them. If they can get by yeah, Wake Christian out of Raleigh this week, they will probably have Luke Hommel back at quarterback. Possibly, I guess, could happen this week, but much more likely next week. And a Division II playoff run is not out of the question for the Cougars. They've won multiple state championships in that division. That With their enrollment, that's kind of where they fit best, where they should be. And that's a big game for them. If they if they can uh, get through this first round of the playoffs, start getting some people back healthy, they could be state champions again. Uh, the other game that we need to quickly talk about, Eastern Alamance at Western Alamance. This has implications for Northeast Guilford. Yeah, when Northeast Guilford knocked off Western Alamance 17-13 last week, which uh, in the minds of a number of our poll voters jumped them over Dudley to number three because Western Alamance is a quality football team, and that's a big win. That's set up. This week's game, Eastern Alamance at Western Alamance. Northeast Guilford needs Western Alamance to win that game at home against Eastern Alamance. That's a huge rivalry game. If Western wins that game, that's going to leave Western Alamance, Eastern Alamance, and Northeast in a three-way tie for first place. The only one of those three that would really have a challenging game that last week would be Western Alamance playing Northern Guilford. That could throw another wrench into things, but we'll take it one week at a time. But uh, Coach Earl Bates, who's done a great job at Northeast Guilford and his Rams, they are going to be rooting hard for Western Alamance this week after beating the Warriors last week. 
Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. Uh, we hope to chat with you next week, where uh, I should hopefully be two games above my partner, Joe Serrera, <laughs> in the standings. But uh, Or we could be tied. Or we could be tied, but it'll most likely be me two games up. So we'll go ahead and confirm that for you next week. Uh, but this has been another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. We'll chat with you next week. Take care, everybody.